Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The fall and winter of 2020 may not feel like the season of giving, but this year has forced organizations that help communities in need to give in ways they may never have dreamed of. This weekend, we're going to look at how philanthropic and service organizations are helping us get through the pandemic and who's helping them. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Each year at this time, we look at the landscape of charitable giving and the work of organizations that benefit from those dollars. Some years, times have been tight, and some years, things have been a bit better, but we've seen the need for such groups and services keep increasing. Every year since we started doing this, United Way of Metropolitan Chicago has partnered with us. And since 2018, the president and the CEO of the organization has joined me. Uh, My first guest, Sean Garrett, took the reins at the local United Way in September of that year. Before coming here, he ran the United Way of Central Carolinas in Charlotte. Also joining us is Carlos Nelson, executive director of the Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation. The organization has focused on economic development, senior services, housing, health, and a spectrum of other issues on the south side of Chicago. In this time of social distancing, we are holding this conversation via Zoom conferencing. And gentlemen, thanks to both of you for doing this. I very much appreciate it. Sean Garrett, as always, we'll start with you. And I would normally ask you for a status report on the state of philanthropy and the needs of the region's communities. But uh, Sean, 2020... (laughs) has just been a monster of a year for disrupting people's lives and United Way is in the midst of all of it. What's that been like? Yeah, I I often start conversations by trying to make the case, right, of why there's a need in the community and why people should be involved. This year, that hasn't been been part of it. This year, it has been everyone and everyone saying, how can I help? Because people see that need and they see it, you know, in real terms. We see it, um, you know, all throughout our community where you see lines outside of food pantries. You see it with the number of people who have been unemployed um, or underemployed in, you know, over the, the course of the pandemic. You see it in the faces of kids who are struggling with remote learning and struggling to connect online. Um, you know, we see it time and time again, but on the flip side and the real positive is we have seen unbelievable compassion and resilience in our community. Um, we've seen people, you know, see this and face this head on and say, we're going to do something about it. We're going to organize fundraisers. We're going to be out there volunteering. You know, we'll hear from Carlos in a minute and his team. They've just done remarkable things in Auburn Gresham to, to help make the community stronger. And so 
while this has been a trying time and, and I do not want to in any way, shape or form diminish the incredible pain that has been felt, it's also been an incredible time to see the way people have responded and kept fighting and kept moving forward. And that's something that I, I certainly have taken great inspiration from. Uh, Sean, can you talk about how United Way found itself at the center of the city's relief and recovery efforts? I was uh, saying this to my, to my wife just last night. I said, you know, normally United Way is in the middle of a lot of things anyway. But this time you're you're built in, you're baked into the cake. I mean you're you're actually part of the city's official efforts. Yeah, it's um, I mean it's been a crazy uh, seven eight months now. Um, about a week before the shutdown order came, um, we were beginning to see what was taking place in Seattle in particular. If you remember back in early March, Seattle um, was kind of the the epicenter in the U.S. of where cases were and shutdowns were beginning, and we saw that there the Seattle Foundation the King County United Way and the King County government, they have a little different structure, but they'd come together and said, we're gonna work together and we're gonna figure this out. And so we reached out to our friends over at the Community Trust and Dr. Helene Gale, um, as well as our friends at the mayor's office to say, you know, maybe we should do something, I think we can. And what was amazing is that that conversation started on a Wednesday evening. By the following Tuesday morning, we had started a fund, raised $8 million, launched an effort publicly and began the process of disseminating the dollars to organizations who are ready to help. And if you remember that Tuesday was the day that schools closed. So it was the beginning of really the new world that we operate in. Um, and over the course of the next 12 to 13 weeks, uh, we along with our partners at the trust were able to raise over $35 million, uh, which was a remarkable uh, amount of money. But what was so incredible about it was it was 6,000 individuals most of which were giving less than $100 saying, I wanna be a part of this, I can help. Yeah, there's certainly folks that gave a lot more, um, but the thing that you know has continued to stand with me and stick with me is you know, we got notes from um, folks that were making online donations that would say, we can't get together for my grandmother's birthday. And so instead our family have pooled our resources and here's $50. There was another note that came from um, a family who said, we're about to have our child our first child, and we don't have a lot to share, but we know this was more needed by others. Here's $25. And we saw that just time and time again. And, you know, I think everyone probably remembers March and April. It was, it's scary. It's still scary, but March and April was really a scary time. And to get those notes and to see that kind of compassion, it was exciting. I, I want to ask one other thing, because from the very first time we talked uh, three years ago, United Way of uh, Metropolitan Chicago already had an initiative focused on neighborhoods. I remember it was just starting uh, then. Yep. How did that help with the COVID-19 response? I mean, you were already going to a neighborhood-based model. Yeah. Our neighborhood partners, and you're going to hear from Carlos, who's yes. one of the best, um, next, they... Yes. They they have been nothing short of remarkable. Um, these are organizations and partners who, the weeks before the pandemic, we were talking about how do we revitalize neighborhoods? <laughs> how do we work together to bring economic development to a community? And then the pandemic hit. And these incredible people stood up and said, you know what? Our community needs us in a different way today. And within a matter of hours pivoted to say, all right, we're gonna to have to stand up food pantries. All right, we're gonna become rental and mortgage assistance providers. Uh, one of my favorite stories is our good friends in Austin, you know, did all that and a month into the pandemic call and say, 
look, we're beginning to make some progress on the food and shelter, but we can't work on the digital divide. We cannot figure out how to help our families and parents who are struggling with this every single day. Can something be done about it? And that call was then echoed throughout our neighborhood partners because they were so in touch with the parents and families in the community that it became this crescendo, if you will. Um, and that led to the creation of what is now Chicago Connected, which is a four-year, $50 million partnership to ensure 100,000 CPS students have direct internet access in their homes um, and will have it for the next four years so that not just the students, but the families will have access to be able to be on Zoom for interviews, to be able to connect and order things remotely. All the things that we now take for granted as part of everyday life, you don't have access to the internet. You can't do that. And that all came, happened because of our neighborhood partners. They brought the voices of our community to the forefront and made sure that those who had some resources were following the lead of neighborhoods. And it was, I can't, I can't say thank you enough to people like Carlos and Darnell and others that are all around our region who have led with just unbelievable compassion, integrity, um, and really stood in the face of our pandemic. They put themselves and their families at risk to be there for our friends, families, and neighbors. And I think that's something that we should never take for granted. Amen. Well, let's, let's talk to Carlos Nelson. Uh, talk, talk to me about, about Auburn Gresham, the community and the development corporation, about your, the mission of your organization, and frankly, what was underway even before the coronavirus pandemic hit. Thank you, uh, Craig, for having me. And it's, it's great to partner with uh, Sean Garrett on, on any effort. Um, and speaking to your radio uh, audience here. So Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation has been providing comprehensive community development services uh, for the better part of uh, two decades now. And uh, you mentioned a handful of the efforts. So we focused on housing and senior services. We focus on the, uh, the provision of health and wellness and economic development work and, and education and youth development, and it's all wrapped around community engagement. And that's what we've been doing for quite a while. And when this pandemic hit, the organization had to fully pivot. Literally every aspect that I just described uh, now has a focus on um, COVID crisis response and, and relief. And we're also a part of the mayor's racial equity rapid response team, which um, I think is a a model for how uh, cities should and, and, and really um, have in, in some regards uh, addressed COVID in our communities. But I will tell you this, organizations like GAGDC and Austin coming together and, and others would not have been able to fully pivot if not for philanthropy, really led by Sean Garrett and United Way of Metropolitan Chicago and uh, Chicago Community Trust, really allowing us to utilize those resources the way we know and the community knows those resources need to be used. And in some regards, there, with, there was an extreme need for food stability. It's astonishing how many families have been heavily impacted by food instability. It's astonishing how many families have a a deep need for rental assistance, mortgage, mortgage assistance, utility assistance, you know, the loss of jobs, uh, underemployment, which has persisted for a number of years, but has now been unfortunately catalyzed due to, uh, to this pandemic. 
um, PPE distribution and just the knowledge of really what's going on and how we uh, in communities like Auburn Gresham can save our families. Well, you got some some really big help. Uh, I mean, this was a pretty big year for uh, Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation. I remember actually covering this story. Uh, you won the Chicago Prize and $10 million from the Pritzker Traubert Foundation. Uh, and, and this was, talking about food security, this was about food security and health. Talk, tell me a little bit about what you want it for and what you're doing, and frankly, how you also had to make that pivot. Well, that was, uh, so as, as, I, <laughs> as I mentioned, um, so, you know, Auburn, Gresham, Inglewood, surrounding communities, Washington, Washington Heights, et cetera, have long been not only food deserts, but health and wellness deserts as well. And in fact, the deserts have been so dry, so arid that it's impacted so many other aspects of our existence. And I have, in, in my, the organization has been fighting Craig for a number of years to say, hey, we need better access to health health care, health and wellness. The nearest hospital, um, you know, is is nearly five miles uh, away. Um, And and, and many residents just can't get to, and we didn't have any FQHCs, I'm sorry, federally qualified health centers. Um, Access Community Health Network is in the community, but we really needed better access. And and so GAGDC, a small not-for-profit organization here at 79th and Racine, 7901 South Racine, we acquired a 60,000 square foot vacant store for a four-story building right near 79th and Halston. It's been vacant for more than 20 years on the busiest bus line in the entire city, 79th Street, and at Halsted, one of the busiest through fairs here in the city. And it has sat vacant for more than 20 years. And, and we went out on faith and we purchased this building and, and, and we've, you know, we've scraped and, and pleaded and, and, and uh, you know, begged for resources to redevelop this building. And, and I, I, you know, thanks to the Prisker Traubert Foundation and this Chicago Prize, we were able to be this successful respondent to create what it what will be called in about 12 13 months from right now the Auburn Gresham Healthy Lifestyle Hub um, right at 79th and Halsted and our sister project the renewable energy uh, and and uh, urban farming campus at 650 West uh, 83rd Street and that is developed by Green Era Development yeah, I know. I've seen that building because it's right. It's a stone's throw away from St. Sabinus, right? Yeah, absolutely correct. And it yeah. is right next, right next door to Leo High School. And there's kind of a community garden there too, right? Yeah. So the plans uh, for the building, uh, this beautiful terracotta clad building, uh, will have a fifth floor with a uh, community open space, community garden, a green garden, which is kind of the umbilical cord to the renewable um, energy campus that green air development is building. And so we're really, this, this is representative of, even though 2020 has been such a dire year, uh, this movement of economic development in, in the Southside community. And, and now that the mayor's uh, office uh, with their Invest Southwest has kind of embraced the spirit of uh, economic development and and a community ownership model, 
there is a movement, Craig, that should be replicated throughout this country. There's a new metro station that will be uh, coming online, will be also developed in 2021 and 2022, just two blocks from the Healthy Hub, Auburn Gresham Healthy Hub, and the Anaerobic Digester. There's a new restaurant that's being built across the street. I mean, so if you, when you come to Auburn Gresham, you will see so much um, movement, you know, vibrancy. And I, I, I like to reference what Mayor Rahm used to say, you'll see bulldozers and, and excavators and uh, here in the, in the skies of Auburn Gresham, just like, you know, one would see in downtown Chicago over the last five to 10 years. You're listening to News Radio 780's That Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. We're talking about how not-for-profit groups are helping this area recover from the coronavirus pandemic. My guests are Sean Garrett, president and CEO of United Way of Metropolitan Chicago, and Carlos Nelson, executive director of the Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation. We are speaking via Zoom conferencing. And I just want to give a shout out to a longtime listener of this program, Ruby Shucker, who about a decade ago wrote to us and wrote to me and suggested that we look at the challenges facing charities and not-for-profits in tough economic times. I thought that was a pretty good idea. Actually, it was a great idea. We've been doing it every year since, and I've been giving her a shout out every year since. Uh, in fact, she actually made it to the program one year. So uh, anyway, um, thank you, Ruby. And let's, uh, Sean, I also uh, understand the United Way had a research project underway about poverty, um, and uh, which I guess may play into this. Chicago is not a wonderland this year, but tell me about Alice. Yeah, so it's amazing looking back on this. The week before the shutdown order came, um, we were in Springfield um, with the governor's office and some state legislators um, releasing the Alice report. And the Alice report was a statewide report um, that looked at families that are what are, you know, Alice, which is asset limited, um, or sorry, asset limited, income constrained and employed. So these are folks that are working hard every single day who are barely making enough money to survive. And they're at risk and very close to, you know, falling into poverty. Well, in the city of Chicago, 42% of households fit that description. And that was the week before the pandemic. And so this is like, the, in many ways, the hidden face of, of poverty. This is what the Alice family really is, because they're folks that are working. They're folks that are employed. They're folks that are making a paycheck. They're working, in many cases, two and three jobs. And yet, any disruption or unexpected expense can put the family into a tailspin. And that's 42% of households in our, in our community. It's about a third of households statewide. And so when we released that report a week before the pandemic, the message was, look, there's a lot of folks that are hurting. We as a community have to continue to work together to solve this problem. Then the pandemic hit, and a lot of folks are working in industries that have been hardest hit by the pandemic. So these are folks who are in hospitality, people that are working in food and restaurants, people who are working at hotels. These are all folks that now have had an enormous disruption. Um, and so we're actually working on a report right now to look at what impact the pandemic has had on Alice communities. But we know from early stages of research that it's had a very significant impact um, and that more families are, are experiencing this. And you see it, I've been lucky enough to be with Carlos a few times at the, the food pantry that he and his team do just a remarkable job of running it's every Tuesday. And you know, you see it, you see in the faces, they're everyday people that are coming to pick up food because these are families that 
prior to the pandemic were making it. They're just barely making it, but they were making it. And then the disruption occurred. And that's the Alice family. And there's so many Alice families across our region. Um, and that's really what we're fighting for. We're fighting to make sure that these families get a fair shot because you know, 43% of our community should not be facing that kind of risk on an everyday basis. Um, Carlos Nelson, I wanna ask you, uh, you know, with all these moving parts in play, you've got the COVID-19 response fund, the Invest Southwest initiative, uh, foundation funding. How do you ensure that the communities you're serving have a voice in what's being done for and with them? Because I, I know that's been a, a concern expressed throughout the city when these kinds of development projects have, uh, have started. And frankly, it's where some of those things have fallen apart in the past. So what is, what's different now? It's a really good question, Craig. Uh, you know, I've been doing this work now for uh, nearly 20 years after working as an engineer uh, downtown. And, you know, over the last uh, 10 plus years, really, this, this tool called Community Quality of Life Plans, it's, it's really kind of a um, blueprint that is designed and created by the voices in the community. Um, Auburn Gresham and, and a handful of other communities have these community plans now where in Auburn Gresham, 1,500 stakeholders, business owners, clergy, uh, not-for-profit owners, just residents, block club residents, et cetera, uh, came together over a year to really talk about things that our communities need to improve our qualities of life, right? And so these plans are, they're, they're, they're documented. The beauty is that what you're hearing now, what you're seeing now, what's, what makes this movement unique is that United Way of Metropolitan Chicago is providing resources around the plan, the voices of the community. The trust is providing resources around the plan, the voices of community, other, you know, MacArthur Foundation, et cetera. And so now everyone recognizes that the community has spoken. There's a, there's a document that says, these are the things we feel we need to improve our qualities of life. And now not only the philanthropy, but the city of Chicago, Invest Southwest is really here, certainly here in Auburn Gresham, really um, envelops our co community uh, quality of life plan. And, and it's kind of the, uh, the, the centerpiece of, of that effort as well. And so, I mean, this is a watershed moment for, for Chicago. You know, Craig, you've been around, you know, for a while. We have, you know, poverty has persisted. Um, you know, the, the, the issues that come with poverty, uh, uh, lack of health, mis miseducation, uneducated, uh, you know, uneducation, uh, I just made up that word, um, and a host of other things and ills that just permeate communities and have permeated our communities. And now through the voices of our community, you know, you know, we're starting to see this paradigm shift and, and these projects that we're talking about are projects where community organizations and community residents have ownership entity, uh, ownership stakes in these projects. So it's not just we're voyeurs to great development projects being done to us, these are projects being done by us and for us. And it's a really exciting time. 
2020 has been difficult, but, and it's been a difficult time just to, to survive, but here on the South side, we are thriving uh, simultaneously. I want to get both. Craig, oh, sure. No, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, if if I if you don't mind, just because Carlos is, is being very uh, humble as always in this, you know, Carlos described the tools that they use to ensure community engagement and community involvement all throughout their process. But what he didn't describe is the kind of leadership that he and his team and everyone that they work with, who lead humbly, who lead from behind, who lead and let others have their voice at the table. And I think that's one of the things that is happening all across our region is. There have been a series of tools like quality of life plans that have been created that allow for organizations to lead this way. But then we also have a generation of leaders, Carlos being one of the most prominent, who lead and lead so humbly. And that allows those tools to then take their work. And I tell you, it's one of the greatest stories of my, my job is to learn from people like Carlos, to learn from his colleagues around the, the, the city, because they could. I mean, he just won $10 million. He should be out celebrating. Look at us. <laughs> Their response was, look what our community has done. Look at the voice of our community and how that has created this $10 million from our community. It's not Greater Auburn Gresham. We did it. We won. It was Auburn Gresham won. And, and I think it's a really important kind of change that's taking place in our community is the voice of community is winning. And the more we reward the voice of community winning, and reward leaders like Carlos who lead humbly, who lead with listening first, and then follow the voice of that community, the stronger we're going to be. And we're, I tell you, anyway, we are so proud of all of our partners who have led this way, because it is changing. And it is something that's hard to do. He makes it sound easy because he's really good at it. It's hard to do. And he does it every single day. Well, I want to ask both of you about the way forward. I mean, how do we move past this crisis and not finding ourselves just fighting to get back to where we were. I mean, uh, you know, to steal a, uh, a line from commercials that I hear running all the time, instead of bouncing back, you know, how do we bounce forward? What's, what are the things that have to be done? And either one of you or both of you, really. Carlos? Yeah, I'll just take a quick um, stab at it. So uh, really, community has to be out front. And, um, and as I mentioned, our movement of always growing Auburn Gresham involves catalytic development projects that are not only uh, owned by the community, but are being done uh, by the community. And in fact, just really quickly, uh, the two catalytic projects, one a $16 million healthy hub, which will have about 150 living wage jobs in the community right near 79th and Halsted anchored by a full-service health center with a sit-down restaurant, which is unfortunately a unique concept in, in, around here, a few blocks from St. Sabina, as you know. Um, and then, you know, so jobs, employment, opportunities for growth, and then the anaerobic digester where we're, you know, taking food waste and producing renewable energy and also compost materials so that we can feed this, this fervor that needs to happen called growing your own food. And so that combination of being a self-sufficient, sustainable ecosystem, I believe, Craig, um, is the way forward. While we are continuing to feed more than 50,000 families with, you know, every, every Tuesday and, and doing it with a smile, as, as Sean will attest, and, and providing, you know, uh, other financial assistances around mortgages and, and mortgage relief, rental relief, and utility relief. But it's 
being, it's really that ownership model and the community leading in the development of redevelopment of our communities. And Sean, I want to hear the view from an, an umbrella organization that's got to watch yeah. over all of this. So, I mean, I think Carl said it spot on. It starts with community voice. Um, community has to be front and center and leading the pathway forward. Um, but then I think it's a dual track. It's, we have to recognize that people are in crisis and we have to be able to help people meet those basic needs. Because if we're not meeting basic needs, it's hard to do anything else. But if we just meet basic needs, it's hard for families and communities to thrive. And so we have to then pair that basic needs approach with building back communities stronger and doing it in a way that truly looks at the totality of a community. I mean, we just heard Carlos talk about, he talked about jobs. <clears throat> he talks about amenities like restaurants, right? He talked about the, the business corridor on 79th street. Like when we all want to live in a place that has all those, he hasn't talked about my favorite part of all the aggression yet, the beautiful park and lakes that they've got, you know, on the other side of 79th street, right? There's amazing amenities in that community. And so we have to be able to build back in ways that provides that basic needs, but then truly thinks about how does that economic development and growth of a community lead to a place where folks are saying, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to stay. This is where I want to grow my family. And I think if we can do those two things, it's not easy, but leaders like Carlos and so many others around this community are already doing it. And our question is, can we as a community bring the resources to them to help achieve that goal? I would love to continue this conversation, but we are out of time. I would like to thank Sean Garrett, the president of United Way of Metropolitan Chicago, and Carlos Nelson, head of the Greater Auburn Gresham Development Corporation, for spending this time with us. Uh, to our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.